0: From the Carter subaru studios this is cairo knights with jake Scoreheim.
1: welcome back to the show Hope you guys are having a wonderful night i'm jake skorheim your host and we are going to jump right into our news roundup it's a fun segment that we do we get to look back at all the other shows we get to talk about what they were talking about some good some bad hopefully it's all entertaining for you and we get to be Talking about it with Lisa Brooks joins us. Lisa, thanks for coming in. Yeah, you're welcome. Matt Butler is here, as always. Hello, hello. And we're going to play a trivia clip right now. Pay off the trivia from earlier. Everyone who guessed in the text line. I think I think, when I'm picking the right clip, I think 70% of the audience gets it and 30% have no clue. But when everybody gets it immediately, I think I've set the bar too low. And I think I have tonight. Lisa, let's give you a chance to hear this All one. All right. All right, ready? Here it is. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You to. want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth.
2: Yeah, that one I actually know, unlike last night. Yes.
1: This one is?
2: Jack Nicholson and a few good men. Isn't Boom. That,
1: Isn't that just the greatest movie? Oh, yeah. Yes. It's one of those movies, too, that like, I, can you look up Matt and find out when it came out? Let's sure, guess when yeah. it came out. I want to say it came out probably like 1994, 93. Uh, 92. 92, okay. Oh, you really? we were close. Oh. Yeah, pretty close. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Everything about it, it stands up against, I mean, like, when you think about a movie from 92, that movie's almost 40 years old.
2: Wow. Isn't
1: that crazy? Wow, I mean, yeah. no, it's almost 30, it's 30 years old, basically. 92,
2: 02, 12, 22. Yeah, 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 yeah 31 years old. 32 years old. Years old. <laughs> yeah,
1: 32 years old. But it's still a great movie, and it really holds up. Yeah. It's kind of timeless. It's one of those movies that's, like, very timeless. Tom Cruise is fantastic in it. Jack Nicholson, is. Fantastic. Demi I don't know. Moore. Yeah. I don't, Demi Moore is amazing. Uh Kevin, what's his face? Comedian guy, super yeah. funny. Kevin, yada yada. Come on, what's his name? Matt, tell us what his name is. Kevin something. He's really funny. He does the best Christopher Walken impression anybody's ever heard. What's his name? Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Kevin Bacon. No, no, no not Kevin Bacon. It says is it? Kevin Bacon no, in the Kevin Bacon's in thing. it, but who's the other Kevin? Who's the other Kevin? I don't know. I thought you were asking which one was in the movie. There's He's in the movie, too. There's more than one Kevin. Kevin something. Keep going That's, down the he's list. He's
2: got, a, like, a square head.
1: He's the other. He was also in Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> oh, oh, Kevin Pollack. Kevin That's Pollack. It. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He so, and he was in, like, a million movies in yeah, the 1990s. he's great. He's great. The whole movie's great. And it was based off of an Aaron Sorkin play. Oh. It was a very popular play. And then they adapted it into a movie. Huh. And they said, that maybe it could work, I guess, with an amazing cast. And, of course, it did because it was amazing. All right. So uh, that was your trivia clip. Well done if you got it. If you didn't get it. um, Shame on you. Shame on you. Absolutely. (laughs) Seattle's Morning News. Dave Ross was talking about there's a debate about how how our preferred method of coffee consumption impacts the environment. Can't we enjoy anything without talking about the environment? Dave Ross has some thoughts.
3: Is it environmentally responsible to make your morning coffee with a single-use coffee pot? Many of you are staring at the Keurig, wondering, should I do this? Or am I the reason the king tides are so high? Well, good news, coffee podsters. According to the Washington Post headline, single-use coffee pods have surprising environmental benefits over other brewing methods. The article quotes a study from the University of Quebec, which finds that the old-school filter coffee method can create one-and-a-half times more emissions than a pod machine. Even when you account for disposing of all those plastic caps.
2: What?
1: How is that possible?
2: Emissions. Like, what does that mean? Emissions.
1: Like uh, CO2 emissions? From everything what? The CO2? CO2 I guess from the power powering it?
2: Or is it from ultra-coffee? It? No, understand. my
1: coffee pot is gas-powered. I don't know about your guys's, but my coffee pot runs on gas? Gasoline, yeah. No, it doesn't. Doesn't yours? <laughs> uh, no. You fire it up, it's got a tiny (laughs) little
0: engine. It must be really expensive to fill that thing up these days. Yeah.
1: Well, no, I mean, it's a tiny little tank. It's Uh two-stroke, and you just start it up, and it runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all those pods, I would think that those are way less environmentally friendly. I know. That's
2: been the concern, right? Because
1: back in the day, uh, we would uh, uh, compost our coffee. You can use it in, like, you can mix it in with soil. You can put them them in your plants, yeah. Put them in your plants, all that kind of stuff. And I, I can't do that with pods. I'm not going to cut a, no. a pot open and do no. that.
3: Coffee grounds and eggshells, always good. There you go. They've got it figured down to the gram. Pod coffee emits 180 grams of CO2 per cup. Old style filtered coffee, just over 250 grams per cup. And the most responsible method is instant coffee. Only 160 grams of CO2 per cup.
1: And but it doesn't taste good. Oh, that stuff's nasty. Yeah, it's gross.
3: And this counterintuitive result is because the University of Quebec is tallying up the entire cost of the coffee, including water, electricity, manufacturing, disposal. And since the pods are precisely measured and the machine only heats enough water for one cup, it's more efficient. It also matters how your electricity is generated, of course, and whether you add milk, because then you have to add the footprint of the dairy cows and the milk trucks. But the researchers are still leaving out... One important calculation, it seems to me. The amount of mental energy we have to spend second-guessing every single thing we buy, eat, or drink. 20% of the body's energy is used by the brain. And I have to believe that trying to decide what's sustainable is pushing that even higher, which is also going to generate more carbon. Each day, I have to choose between the single-use pod, the multi-use basket when I grind my own, the instant Italian espresso, the loose tea or the tea bag. And now I'm wondering whether we should have a hot drink at all in the morning, maybe just orange juice, or even better, just eat an actual orange, unless it dribbles on your shirt and you have to wash it in hot water heated by electricity from a coal-fired power plant, or it leaves pulp in your teeth and you have to buy extra floss, which then ends up in a landfill. I'm just terrified that one day there'll be a knock on the door and it'll be Greta Thunberg with a subpoena. Maybe the responsible thing is to just settle for a morning glass of tepid tap water. Or being that it's January in Seattle, just stand outside with your head tilted back and your mouth open.
1: You know, Dave raises a good point. It is exhausting, which is why I don't do it. But it's exhausting being asked at all times to be thinking about what your footprint is environmentally. I mean, when you're you're boiling it down to a cup of coffee in the morning and saying, oh, can I— Responsibly use this Keurig machine. Doesn't that feel a little bit ridiculous? I
2: think Dave should have broken his leg with that slippery slope that he slid down on. With the <laughs>
1: editorial. I think I think Dave is making a lot of sense there. It's an interesting.
2: It's an interesting point. I don't think about it. I make my coffee. I, don't I either. compost the coffee grounds. I figure that's doing somebody some good. Sure. And I do the one little thing I
1: can. Yeah, I try to do everything I can. Matter. I
0: try to do the small things, but for some people it does become, I think, a fixation, a mania, and they get so concerned about it, it takes away from their joy in life, yeah. which is sad.
1: Well, for I think for a lot of people it gives them purpose. Maybe they don't have right. something in their life yeah. that they you know, believe in or something, so okay. they think to themselves, hey, you know what, I can focus on this, and then that's me kind of trying yeah. to do something more.
0: Redemptive, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean— I. I don't think that way, but some people might think that way. I try to do all I can. I recycle my coffee pods just like everybody else does, I'm responsible. And you know, I try to do what I should. And as
2: if we can only get you to get plastic or paper bags at the grocery store or reusable bags, then you will be doing amazing things instead of those plastic
1: bags. Uh, no, I would never do that. And that was a joke. I don't recycle my coffee pots because I don't think you're allowed to recycle. No, I don't think When I can. first
0: got a Keurig, uh, I actually did uh, compost the grounds. Like I would open it up and compost
1: really? them. Yeah, it, was, it
0: wasn't that big a thing to do. So I just put them in the compost. Use a
2: spoon to just yeah, push exactly. Them out. I just yeah. Because they have those things you can put in. You can put your own ground coffee. They are reusable, can. yeah. And I know absolutely. a lot of people do that.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we've talked about coffee enough, guys. <laughs> Let's move on. G and Ursula sparked by Pete Carroll's advisory role talk after no longer being coach of the Seahawks. G and Chef ask if you can be friends with an ex. Uh, I don't know where how they got there. Let's find out. But seriously, this is like breaking up
4: with someone and saying... But don't worry, we can still be friends. Look, they don't want to be friends with you, right? And to offer Pete like a paycheck, I don't know if he's getting paid, first of all. But to say, Pete Carroll, you're going to be our special assistant, that's an insult. Yeah, That is absolutely an insult, and I think it's embarrassing, and I cannot believe the Seahawks did that. Well, maybe, maybe it's the
3: same thing in the real world when it comes to breakups and everything. When the person says to the other, you know what, just not a good time to have a relationship, but we can still be friends, and then you never talk to them again.
1: Sounds
4: good. It sounds familiar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you guys think you can be friends with? Uh, well, first, how do you th- how do you feel about Pete Carroll's advisory? Let's take the whole thing. Let's break it apart. That's what this episode, That's what this segment's for. Ken, do you think uh, Pete Carroll's advisory role with the Seahawks is a real thing? I'm skeptical. I mean, it sounds like
0: maybe a nice thing to say, but I'm uncertain how that's going to actually pan out. And if I were even, him, I wouldn't want to stick around and do it.
1: Even he was asked in the uh, press conference, he says, so what does this entail? What are you going to be like doing in this know. advisor role? He says, well, we're going to work that out. Right. So that felt to me like maybe like kind of a, a nice thing to say as you're getting rid of somebody that somebody, people really love Pete Carroll in Seattle. And so maybe they thought that was a better, you know, just from a PR perspective, just yeah. a better way to deal with that. Uh, so- do you think Pete Carroll's advisory role is a real thing, Lisa?
2: No, I no. don't. All right, no, yes. I can't imagine him sticking around for that.
1: Why would he? Yeah. He's got plenty of money. Uh, he did a lot of great stuff here in Seattle. He's also got a bunch of grandkids and a very busy life, and you know, doing all the stuff he wants to do now. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't stick around. Mm-mm. Just go, enjoy your money. Unless he's offered part ownership,
2: and if he's offered part ownership, I
1: doubt that's what well, they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I,
2: Jody Allen would never do that. Why but, would they do that?
1: Yeah. Doesn't Adam, make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the juicier part. The ex thing. Do you guys think you can be friends with uh, somebody who's a former? You know. Flame? Well,
0: I have some personal experience because my ex was then my friend, who is now the girl I'm dating again. So <laughs> apparently, okay. we managed to be friends until we reestablished our relationship. Well, it sounds. Now we're not friends anymore. Just kidding. It's. <laughs> But it, <laughs> can we just
2: say he was just kidding. If she's listening yes, he's we were, just that was kidding. Just a
1: joke. Yes. Okay. So you were fr- you were you dated. We dated and then, then you we broke were up, friends. And then you we were made friends. friends
0: over a period of several years. And then you found each and other. And then again. We, when I came out here, we got back together.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like you were never completely done with each other. And so you I you guess know. not, but we
0: maintained a good friendship with healthy boundaries in the interim. We didn't have to deal too much with drama. Uh huh. During that time. Uh huh. Lisa, what do you think? I think it's really
2: complicated. I yeah. don't know if I've ever successfully been able to do it. So, yeah. I wish people well who have. If you yeah. have kids, if you're divorced and you have kids, I hope you can be friends.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, if you're talking about like a kid, yeah. kids in the situation, yeah. you want to do everything you can. Uh, you know, I mean, it's give the those personalities kids a good and the
0: people involved, too. I mean, when I was younger and everything was heartbreaking, no, I couldn't do it then. Yeah. I was able to do it now later in life because I really admired and cared about this person regardless. I, but, yeah,
1: I always find it really awkward when people say that they're gonna, you know maintain friendships with uh, so, so why did the relationship end? You know? Yeah, if,
2: sometimes though, maybe you're not supposed to be
1: romantic partners
0: right. Like you can be close with yeah, someone who you're not you're, meant to spend your life. Then with Then your future in that way.
1: person you're gonna be with is gonna end up being, you know, aware Jealous that the, this person yeah. was special to you at True. one point and you know, that could be awkward for your future you know
2: yeah.
1: main person, spouse, whatever that person might be. Plus, like with me personally, I found my fire burns pretty hot, and so I have to be careful that I don't allow people to stay too friendly with me because it's just I'm I'm it's very a boundary appealing. for the health of your noted marriage. as you guys yeah. know I'm very appealing and I don't want to you know it puts them in an awkward situation I just don't want to put them in that situation. <laughs> How nice of you! Yeah, no, I'm I'm like really nice that way, super, and I'm super humble. Jack and Spike, who knows more than let's see, I'm gonna read see if I can read who knows more about you than anyone quite possibly the janitor where you work very interesting jack and spike let's hear about it the wall street journal which is talking about what
4: your office janitor knows about you because what we throw away says a lot about us now the women that clean cairo radio studios they know that i eat exclusively healthy trash basically i eat nothing but date bars and spin drifts and no candy in my <laughs> right, like, in your wastebasket, right exactly then, yeah, yeah. So that's True. What, And they know that I'm also probably obsessive compulsive because I take the wrappers when I'm done with them and uh-huh. I, I don't crumple them. I put them back into their original placement and place them very gently inside of the trash can because I think it's rude to crumple up your rappers. it's well, funny. No, I thought you did Wait, that out rude. of respect. Yeah. Well, I th- I thought- I'm deeply ill, Jacob. Please. <laughs> I'm deeply ill. I, th- I thought you did it out of respect to the janitor's crew because they take the rappers out of your can right, and That's exactly save my them. point. They save them all. But this gets to my deeper fear, which I expressed to Jacob earlier, and he laughed in my face. He guffawed in my face as I told him about my fear, <laughs> which is that it is an unrealistic fear that I have, but out there in my mind's eye, I have often feared that there is a garbage person out there who has collected various and sundry items from my trash Uh and has made, effectively, a a shrine to me or an effigy to me, and they know everything about me. They know all about my steroids. They know all about my diet habits. Mm -hmm. And so they're collecting, kind of like Jeff Goldblum in The Fly, they're collecting all these little pieces (laughs) of me. And they just stare at them, right? Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, uh, oh my- I think the fact that you don't think there are multiple locations around the Seattle area that have these sh- altars in their homes <laughs> to you. I'm just I think saying, it's naive of you to not think of- they exist. Who's the most dangerous man outside of a man who owns a pig farm? It's a it's a garbage man. <laughs> he knows everything about you. Do you remember the, uh, I know you love movies, you remember uh, Breakfast Club? Yeah, yeah, Remember yeah. the janitor Breakfast yeah, yeah, Club? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know all your secrets. I go through your lockers, I read your diaries, I you try I know everything about <laughs> your little monsters. That's I what I'm never saying. thought about that. Uh, Jacob. Isn't there uh, and maybe this is what you're self-aware about, but there's a latent narcissism to to you having a fear that anyone cares enough about your trash. How dare you? Okay.
1: How dare you? <laughs> like, <no. laughs> that was neat. <deep. laughs> nice. <laughs> You, people, I don't think I don't think anybody cares about what's in your Shame trash. from
0: the wind.
2: Man. Yeah, I don't think anyone
1: cares about what's in
0: his trash. The mic drop moment.
1: Uh, all right, let's move on. Jack and Sp- uh, no, not Jack and Spike. We just did that. John and Sherry stopping a sneeze could cause severe injury. What? Scottish man tears a hole in his throat. What? Trying to stop
3: a sneeze while driving. Oh, what do you mean tears horrible. a hole in his throat?
5: What does that mean? Well, what he did was he held his nose and closed his mouth, and it. You know how you you do that when you don't want to sneeze or you don't want to be a loud sneezer? Well, when he did that, the pressure in his airwaves increased. It increases like 20 times what it should be. So he had a 2 by 2 millimeter tear in his windpipe. Um, oh. He didn't have to. He had to go to the hospital, stay there a couple of days, but he didn't have to like get surgery or anything like that. But the uh-huh. point is, the doctors are saying never ever stifle a sneeze. That could be a very very bad thing to do, and the damage can be worse than what he had.
3: Why was he trying to? St- was he in the car by himself? I don't get this. We need Joe. Get him on the phone. On
5: it. He's. Uh, I-, I. He was in the car. I don't know who was with him. I don't know why you'd have to. I. I don't know what would be the occasion where you. I, I guess if other people were in the car and you were afraid they would be upset that you sneezed.
0: Yeah, because the whole like oh,
3: got COVID or something like that. So right. you cover all your sneezes and stuff. Yeah. 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 There's the other one I looked up. Is it true that if you sneeze with your eyes open, your eyes will fly out of your head? <laughs> now that
1: is true. Is that Isn't true?
5: <laughs> Wait a minute. You, you no. see
1: your. Is that true? No. No, that's not true. Not. I think that's an old way. Yeah. No, that's not true. Also, I think it's impossible to sneeze with your eyes open. I don't think anybody can do it.
2: Yeah, I, don't I know. dare
1: you to try. Okay. Actually, no, I don't dare you to try because you could lose your eyes. <laughs> I I think there's a reason why you know we have this natural instinct to like you know you just it's like a shark like when a shark goes in to kill its prey its eyes roll back in its head and they get those like slivers of skin that cover their eyes. Uh-huh. I think humans do something similar with sneezing. Huh. I mean, I'm just having this thought as I'm saying it right now. I haven't put any kind of thought into this, but there's it's gotta be a reason. i pondered, but it sounds. Logical. It's got to be a reason we close our eyes really? when we sneeze. There's a lot
2: going on during a sle- there's sneeze. There's a
1: lot going on.
2: So your
5: eyes Try automatically close?
1: They do, whenever you sneeze, yeah. And then your sneeze like
3: travels at like 1,500 miles an hour faster than the speed of sound. Also true.
5: <laughs> well, I know someone... You want more gardening tips? I know someone um, <laughs> that got out of a speeding ticket because they said they were sneezing. And they didn't see something. They didn't see the light or they didn't see something like that because they had such a violent sneeze.
1: I uh I am I'm, I'm interested in this sneezing story. I don't know how anybody could sneeze so hard or try to cover up a sneeze so hard that they blow a hole in their throat. That's horrifying to me. It's good advice though. Don't don't stifle a sneeze. Try not to. Try yeah. not to. It's like a bullfrog or if something. You're you driving
2: really... and you've got to cover your that that would be difficult though. I guess no don't stifle it, but how do you you can't like hold a tissue over your face What if
1: you're like, if there's other people in the car? Yeah, I mean, well, no, if even easy. if you're driving no, yeah. You can't
2: put your, you know, your your Dracula elbow thing up
1: to, to... Here's what I do, here's what a what trick you for do? you guys You can have this what? It's just useful for you Driving down the road, you get a sneeze Maybe a little tickle in your nose, I don't know what it is Whatever causes a sneeze You're about to sneeze, you reach over, zip Window goes down, I sneeze out the window Window goes up I don't have any germs in the car I get the sneeze out, which I need to do. You also get that refreshing gust of wind that comes in, kind of like clears things up. How do you up.
2: know it goes outside? You could be blowing it right to the back seat.
1: 1,500 miles an hour. You just heard John saying about there. It's twice the speed of sound. 1,500 miles an hour goes right out the window. Like, it's not coming back in the car, guarantee it. Because I'm driving, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 miles an hour. That sneeze is coming out hundreds of miles an hour. So it's just the safest way to do it. I do that every single time. I'll give it a try. Day or night, no matter what the weather is, when I'm in the car with myself or with anybody else, I roll down the window and I sneeze out the window. That's what I like to do. All right. That's just helpful tips for you guys. And you get that stuff here on Kyra Nights nightly. You don't want to miss a show. So if you get a chance, if you haven't yet, download the podcast because you don't want to miss a second of this. Kyra Nights with Jake Skorheim. Look it up wherever you get your podcasts. I promise. You're going to be happy you did it. All right. We got a lot more coming up when we come back. We got some more stuff. I forgot what we're talking about. We'll get to it when we get, uh, come back next here on Cairo Nights.
3: You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake High.
1: Welcome back to the show. We played some audio for you earlier. That we've been getting a lot of texts. They say we want to hear it again. We want to make sure that we hear all the clips. I haven't even played you all these clips yet, but there was a young woman who was being fired by a tech company And like all young people these days, I think she's about 22, 23, she decided that the best course of action because she was being fired on this Zoom was to pull out her phone and film it so that she could then load it up to TikTok and we could now play it here on the radio show. So now for you, I am bringing, in case you've never been fired before or in case you've never been on the other side and never had to do the firing, this is what firing sounds like in the modern world. There's a lot of HR speak, which is kind of funny. And somebody sent me a, a clip to play. I'm gonna play that in just a couple minutes of a famous TV uh, firing. And it's pretty entertaining, HR folks, from a little movie called Office Space. I'm gonna to get to that in just a minute. But this young woman posted this on TikTok. She, the meeting started very awkwardly. She didn't know who these people were, but she did know that she she suspected she was being fired. And uh, this is what it sounded like.
5: Hey, Brittany. Hi. Yes, I'm so
2: sorry.
6: Uh, My name's Rosie. I'm just uh, joining the call. Uh, Nice to meet you. I'm on the HR team. Mm -hmm. Hi, Brittany.
5: Hi.
4: Thanks for meeting
1: with me
2: and Rosie.
1: This guy, by the way, I'm going to pause it real fast. Thanks for meeting with me and Rosie. He does not sound like, well, he sounds exactly like his job is to fire people. Actually, that's what he sounds like. Not a fun job. I cannot imagine he enjoys his work but maybe he's paid really really well and so he just keeps doing it. I don't understand it. It would be really tough if you're having to fire these people all day, especially over Zoom. You're not even getting a chance to like go in and and I don't know, this happened over Zoom. Maybe it happened over Teams. I have no idea what it happened over, but she was fired virtually. And I would think it would probably feel better to let somebody go in person so that you could be there for them as a human being. If you're just like a face on a screen, just a box in a window and you're telling people that they're no longer, that they no longer have a job, that would be a rough, that's a rough gig.
6: Um, We have an important meeting today. We've finished our evaluations of 2023 performance. This is where you have not met expectations for performance. We've decided to part ways with you. Yeah, I'm going to stop you right there. Um, So I started August 25th. I've been on a three-month ramp, and then it was three weeks of December, and then a week of Christmas, and then here we are.
1: So she takes issue with the fact that that they say she hasn't met her goals. And she says, actually, I've been getting stellar reports from my manager. Every meeting that I've had has gone great. So explain this to me.
6: So I don't think that that makes a lot of sense for me and my journey here so far. Also, um, every single one-on-one I've had with my manager, every conversation I've had with him, has he is been giving me nothing, but I am doing a great job. I have had great activity. I have really great meetings. I'm picking up the products very quickly and um, things have been going really, really well. I make really great relationships with my clients. Um, So I disagree that my performance hasn't been, um, I haven't met performance expectations.
1: She then goes on to say that they cannot possibly understand how she feels in this moment. Now, this is where I think she makes a mistake. Number one, the mistake is, Posting this video on TikTok. Even though I think I'm very sympathetic to her situation. It sounds like she sounds very competent to me. And she sounds like she's very straightforward. She is uh, decisive in her speech. She's, you know, for a young person, those are actually pretty unique qualities. And so I don't understand why they're firing her. I think probably it says more about the company, where the company's at financially, than about her personal, uh, uh, you know, her personal experience at, on the job. They're, they Maybe they're not firing her for something that she did, but more because the company is restructuring or whatever. They're not giving her that information, though, and so she's obviously very frustrated about it. She starts to get a little emotional, as you can understand. Any any of us would get emotional, and she says, you just can't possibly understand how I feel. So uh, am
6: I getting let go for no reason, if you guys can't give me a reason?
5: I'm happy to follow up with you separately to give you the data that was calibrated. I'll need to speak with um, revenue leadership specifically, see
1: if we can get that for you. the HR speak here is just through the roof. The calibrated data. We're yes. going to get that calibrated data. We're going to speak with whoever they're going to speak with and get you that data just as quickly as we can. Somebody pointed out in the text line, they said, hey, if, if they don't give for the data while she's being fired like she's clearly not going to get it and she was
0: very confused the point i'm sympathetic to her on the most is that she was saying the feedback that she got from her manager who she had an ongoing relationship with was good so that makes it even more puzzling and makes you even more curious to find out well why are you firing me what are the actual metrics and data here
6: Domina, Can you share that with me now? I cannot share that with you right now, unfortunately. Yeah, it's understandable how you feel
2: and your frustration cannot stress that enough. I have
6: been working extremely hard. I sorry, I just knew that this meeting was coming after knowing what's been happening with my peers and how extremely frustrated and upset everyone is. Um, I know you guys must not be able to understand that given the, in the positions that you are in and it must be very easy for you to just have these little 10-minute, 15-minute meetings tell someone that they're fired, completely wrecked their whole life, and then that's it with no explanation. That's extremely traumatizing for people, if you can imagine that. And I don't, I don't think that this is, it's, it's just very, very shocking.
1: Now, I know that she feels that her whole life is wrecked, but it's not. This is just a job. She's 22, she's 23. She had a little bit of experience, and now she gets to move on and do something else. She gets to start anew. She gets to reevaluate life and try to figure out what she actually wants to spend her time doing. I understand that, you know, as Matt pointed out earlier, at some point rent will come due. And that's going to be maybe fi- she might find herself in a pinch. Because I mean, Those times don't last, most,
0: though. Statistically, though, most Americans don't have that much in savings. So when you lose a job, it can be pretty fear. It can strike fear into your heart because you're like, you don't know where things, your money is going to come from next month. So if you don't get something fast, you're in a bad, bad situation.
1: Yeah. but you. Got got to think about too she's 22 years old she was working at a tech company she's probably got a fairly decent college education if she's at this tech company and you know she's she's gonna land on her feet do you think this video hurts her posting this video for her next job and she's probably already out looking for a job i would assume do you Uh, think this hurts her that it's gone viral
0: nowadays you know i think it would be a simpler case in a different time but i think nowadays we're seeing a lot of move especially with younger like gen z people towards Right or wrong, an emotional transparency and a transparency about what they're going through. And there's probably being in the tech world, there's probably some startup or you know, quote unquote, socially conscious tech company or whatever that probably is going to look at her feel some sympathy go like you know what you're articulate you made a good case we're going to take a chance on you so I'm not sure it would hurt her as much as we might think it would have previously
1: I think uh, yeah I think she uh, does a pretty good job of you know representing her views in this and she holds herself you know very professionally even if again she I don't know if she surreptitiously filmed this and then posted or how that all worked out that wouldn't that would be a mark against her if I was hiring and you know, I wouldn't want somebody who was recording meetings. Uh, but I do think she did a really good job of representing herself. And it is different than some of the other Gen Z like TikTok complaint videos that we have played. You know, young people who are complaining about work. Right. Like or she had a specific
0: point. She stayed focused. She was making her case.
1: Yeah. But I still think it's a bad idea. Like, don't post these things on TikTok because what you are doing ultimately is you are becoming vulnerable with the Internet. You're showing a side of yourself to the entire world that maybe you might want to protect and keep safe. Like, you just don't know. I don't know what – I don't know how this is going to work out for her. I hope it works out well, but it's just – it's a coin flip, and I think that's – you know, it's kind of dangerous. Um, she goes on to say do they even understand who they're talking to because again these are two people she's never met before but this did inspire me to think about office space we got a bunch of text messages too that says oh you've got to play that clip of the two bobs from office space and so by popular demand here are the two bobs
3: what you do in Initech is you take the specifications from the customers and you bring them down to the software engineers yes yes that's,
4: that's right
0: well then I just have to ask why couldn't the customers just take them directly to the to the software people, huh? Well, uh, I'll tell you why.
3: Uh, because engineers are not good at dealing with customers.
4: Uh-huh. So, you physically take the specs from the customer? Well,
3: no. My, my secretary does that, or the facts. Huh.
0: So then you must physically bring them to the software people well
3: no yeah i mean
0: sometimes Uh, what what would you say
1: you do here
0: well look i already told you i deal with the
3: customers so the engineers don't have to i have people skills i am
1: good at dealing with people can't you understand that What the hell is wrong with you people? (laughs) What's wrong with you people? Uh, All right. We have a lot more coming up on the show next. You're not going to want to miss this. Arnold Schwarzenegger. The Governator. uh, The Terminator. Why was he detained at an airport in Munich today? I'm going to tell you about that when we come back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to the show. I'm going to tell you in just a quick second why Arnold Schwarzenegger was detained in Munich by the airport. Uh, But first, I want to do a little tease. Next hour, I'm going to talk to a guy. His name is state senator. His name is not state senator. It would be a very uh, funny thing to name your child. He is a state senator in Washington. His name is Drew McEwen. He just introduced a bill in the Senate called Senate Bill 6160. And what that would do is it would increase penalties for unlawfully obstructing traffic. Now, if you haven't been listening to the show over the past two weeks or you haven't listened to the news in Seattle in the past few weeks, you might not know what this bill is, uh, you know, is about. But what this bill is inspired by was when those protesters took over I-5 as they did a couple of months, I'm sorry, a couple of weeks ago, they took over I-5, they uh, coordinated an effort to get all of their cars across the road, stop in the middle of the highway, right near the convention center here in Seattle. Then they blocked the freeway going north. Nobody could pass. And then they sat there, and they had protests, and they had dance circles, and they did all sorts of stuff for five hours. took almost six hours to clear the road. But they the were, important question is, did they end the war? They did not end the war. Oh, Matt. shocking. Great question. Great question. No. So if you sat in traffic hoping that that would somehow end the war in the Middle East— it actually didn't. So this state senator, Drew McEwen, he's going to come on with us next, uh, next hour, and he's going to explain to us what this bill is all about, the, what, the, what would in, increase those fines. It's not just like uh, an arrest. It's making it into, if the bill is passed, it would make blocking a freeway, like these folks did, into a felony. And that's a real problem for folks. If they are facing now federal prison, that's a big deal. And maybe they wouldn't be so quick to just steal six hours of your time. doesn't matter if they're peacefully protesting. You can't peacefully protest if you're making somebody else have to change their entire life just to put up with you peacefully protesting. That's not peacefully protesting. Anyway, uh, Senator McEwen, he's going to be on with us uh, next hour, so you're not going to want to miss that. All right, I teased before the break. Arnold Schwarzenegger was held at a Munich airport. He is facing criminal tax proceedings after failing to declare an item... Upon arrival in Germany, a Munich customs press officer told CNN, uh, the press officer said he did not declare a product, a product that was imported from non-EU countries in order to remain in the EU. And this process applies to everyone, the press officer said. So uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, according to one of his friends who spoke to CNN, said Arnold was detained for three hours today. That's a long time to sit in the airport uh, at Munich for traveling with a watch that he owns that he might be auctioning at his charity auction tomorrow in Austria. A source close to the actor told CNN. So it sounds like he probably should have just claimed this thing. It's only worth about twenty-one. Let's see how much is, how much is this watch worth here? It's a very nice watch. I mean, I'm not going to argue the the nice the uh, the value of the watch. Looks like the wristwatch is worth about twenty-one thousand dollars, which is a lot of money to you and me. To Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's nothing. He doesn't care about a twenty-one thousand dollar watch. Um, he might be auctioning uh, auction auctioning it off. Maybe he's not. Maybe he didn't even know he had it. That guy is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't think he cares about a watch that's only 21 grand. But it doesn't matter how important you are. If you're going through Munich Customs, you got to declare that stuff every single time. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. We got a great third hour lined up for you. And we're going to talk to Senator McEwen, as I said, about that new bill that's hopefully going to keep protesters off of your roads in the future. All that coming up next on Kyra Knights.